0: If you haven't already, open up your Bibles there to Acts chapter 7 and 8, um, because we're going to dig in here, and I want you to have the Word open before you, whether it's in in here or on your phone or your tablet, but I'd love for it to be right there in front of you um, as we open this up and talk about it this morning. You know, fortunately for us today... Uh, You don't have to know Hebrew, which is the original language of the Old Testament, and you don't have to know Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, in order to read and understand the Bible, Um, thanks to translators, right? We have have the Bible in our own language, English, and so uh, what a blessing it is that we can read the Bible in English and learn the wonderful truths about God. Occasionally... I do think it's helpful to know a little something of the original language. Now, I am nowhere uh, close to even being a good student of either one of the original languages. I took Hebrew and I took Greek uh, when I was taking my graduate courses, a long time ago now. And uh, I have some uh, excellent language resources in my office, Um, but... Uh, I am not even a good student of either language, so I don't, I don't share this with you as some scholar, but just as a fellow student of God's Word. Uh, but this text today is one of the occasions when I think that it's helpful to know a little something about the original language. Uh, and I could have brought this up a number of times already as we've studied through Acts, but I saved it for today. Um, we've spent three weeks looking at Stephen's sermon. It was his response to the Jewish leaders who were falsely accusing him of blasphemy. Following his sermon, as we just learned, he's dragged out of the city and he's stoned to death. And in our text today, Luke shares all the details of the incident. And to give this text some perspective, William Barclay Uh, who was a scholar um, in the 20th century. He wrote a very popular set of commentaries in the 50s. But in these, he called the stoning of Stephen and the subsequent scattering of the church one of the most important events in all of history, not just church history, but all of history. And so this is a significant event. Stephen is the very first Christian martyr, and here is the little bit of knowledge about the original Greek language that I think helps us to understand what it is that I want to share with us today about the significance of this event. We have uh, many great Bible students in the room, and so many of you already know what I'm going to share, but just in case you don't, the English word martyr is simply a transliteration of the Greek word martis. So it's literally just a letter-by-letter translation. It's taken letter-by-letter from the Greek into the English. And there are several examples of this in the Bible. Baptism is transliterated. It's a Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. And we've just taken it letter-by-letter and made an English word out of it. Now, the Greek word, martis, simply means a witness. That's all it means. It's a person who gives testimony about something they've seen or heard, about a matter from their personal knowledge of it. And we find, as we read through Luke and Acts, that this is a very important word to Luke. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells his disciples in verses 46 and 49 of chapter 24, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and arise from the dead, and on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, every ethnic group, every tribe, every tongue, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. There's our word. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. We know that to be the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you've been clothed from on high. So that's how the gospel of Luke ends. And then Acts begins in chapter 1 with Jesus telling the disciples in Acts 1.8 eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. There's our word. In Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In both instances, it's the word martis. It simply means to be a witness. It means to give testimony about what you've seen and heard to give testimony about a matter from your personal experience and knowledge. So up until the stoning of Stephen, the word martyr simply meant a witness. It's all it meant. And you will be my witnesses, beginning in Jerusalem. But with this event, the word takes on a different meaning for the English language when it's transliterated into the English language, now a martyr means someone who dies for their faith. It's never just meant a witness in the English language. And I share that with you for this reason. As I've mentioned, Stephen is most notably remembered as the first Christian martyr, He's the first one in a line of countless numbers of men and women and children who over the past 2,000 years have, have died for their faith in Jesus Christ. And so it's right and it's good and it's proper to talk about Stephen as a martyr in, in the way that we understand that word in the English language. It deserves our full attention and our time and our emphasis. However, as we look at the text this morning, my objective is not to emphasize so much Stephen as a martyr, but instead to focus our attention on Stephen as a witness. You see, not only was Stephen a martyr, but he was a witness to a very important spiritual reality. In these verses, Luke shares with us eyewitness testimony. And what Stephen witnesses here is what I've titled my sermon. Here it is. Heaven is open. Stephen witnessed it. Acts chapter 7, verse 56, Stephen said, Look, I see heaven open in the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Let's pray. Father, I just want to stop and pray because in these verses, a very important spiritual reality was witnessed by your servant Stephen. And I pray like Elisha did on that day in 2 Kings chapter 6, when you showed his servant that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire. I pray that same prayer of Elisha that day who prayed, O Lord, open our eyes so we may see. Open the eyes of our hearts to see what Stephen witnessed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I brought a picture with me this morning. If we could cue that picture up. Anyone? Oh, careful. There's some people already. I don't even have to ask the question if you know what this sign means. Is anyone's mouth starting to already water by just the fact that this sign is on? Because when the sign's turned on, the conveyor belts are moving, right? Fresh donuts, hot and glazed to perfection, are being made in store. And from what I understand, a little research I was able to do, there's not really a set time. It's just whenever the individual store decides it's time to make some fresh donuts when it's necessary. Uh, but I can recall, uh, especially in high school and college, those moments of driving past the Krispy Kreme and the sign being on. A right? thrill that filled my heart as my friends and I would pull into the Krispy Kreme to enjoy a couple of hot, freshly glazed donuts. You know, when, you're, uh, when you pull into a place of business and because of either the time of the day or uh, the day of the week, you're not sure if the place is even open. And you pull into the parking lot and you're looking for some sign of evidence of, of life, and there you see it. Hanging in the front window, a bright neon sign that simply says, open. Yes, it's open. What Stephen witnesses in Acts chapter 7 is that heaven is open. Last week we looked at the very last section of his sermon where he officially said that the temple is closed for business. The Most High does not live in houses made by man. The Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. The presence of God cannot be confined or contained or conformed into a building made by man. Well, in verse 54, when they heard these words about the temple, when the, when the teachers of the temple, when the leaders of the temple, when they heard Stephen utter these words about the temple, they were furious. They gnashed their teeth at him. Literally, it just means to show your teeth. They showed their teeth at him. Arrgh. Our dog, Hero. Hero. I just heard my daughter mention him. For the most part, he's a kind and gentle sort of dog. He gets a little excited around people. Um, but there are times when he just gets a little possessive of something, right? Maybe it's a special treat or it's a certain spot on the couch. Usually when he's up on Milbrian's bed, he just gets a little possessive. And if, if he thinks that you're going to take something away from him, he gets afraid and he'll growl and he'll show his teeth just like these jewish leaders you see they're they're just afraid these these jewish leaders are afraid that if what stephen is saying is true then the power And the control and the prestige and the honor of being the leaders of the temple will be taken away from them. So they growl and they show their teeth. I came across a quote. I was listening to a podcast as I was raking leaves. This weekend, and it was this great quote. This guy said he was talking about leadership. It was a leadership, some leadership principles, and he said, "People don't resist change; they resist loss." And and that's what these Jewish leaders—they're they're resisting this. If what if what Stephen's saying is true, then they're going to lose everything. And so. They're, they're fearful and they're furious about what he has said, but not enough to kill anyone. They're just showing them their teeth. Not until Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to the heavens and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said to them, look, Heaven is open. Look, turn your gaze away from the temple. Look, turn your attention away from any man-made religion. Look, turn your eyes away from the footstool. Look, he points them away from the temple made by man, and he points them to the kingdom of heaven. Says, look, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That did it. That pushed them over the edge. Stephen's sermon about Israel, verses two through fifty-three of chapter seven, infuriated them. But it was Stephen's statement about heaven, verse 56, that incited them. They became a crazed mob. And we read that at this, they covered their ears and they yelled at the top of their voices. And they all rushed him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. So it's this statement. It's this this testimony In verse 56, that I want us to spend the rest of our time studying this morning. N.T. Wright wrote these words about Stephen's statement. He wrote, Stephen makes this statement as he stands at the very threshold of heaven and earth. He makes this statement as he stands at the very threshold of heaven and earth. He's still on earth, but he's been called to give up his life for the faith. And it may be that just for a moment, he's in a position where he can, as it were, see both dimensions of reality and speak about the normally hidden one to the people who cannot yet see it for themselves. What did Stephen see? As he stood at the very threshold of heaven and earth, what did he witness? Simply put, he saw heaven open. Now, you've heard me at various times talk about the parabola of salvation and how it's important to emphasize the entire parabola when sharing the gospel in case you've not heard me talk about that, here's what I mean. So there's the... In- if you're going to share the gospel, you've got to tell the whole story. So there's the incarnation. There's the crucifixion. There's the resurrection. And then there's the ascension and the exaltation. That's the entire parabola. And through the years, I've heard sufficient teaching on the incarnation and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus but very little teaching on his ascension and his exaltation. In the book of Acts, the last time someone had seen Jesus was actually in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, when he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Luke goes on to include there that as they were looking intently up into the sky, as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white, showed up beside them and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken up from you into heaven will come back the same way as you've seen him go up into heaven. So in Acts chapter 1 in verse 9, we have eyewitness testimony of the ascension of Jesus into the heavens. Isn't that great? You see, in this book, we have eyewitness testimony. We have people who actually saw it with their eyes, heard it with their ears, touched them with their hands. These aren't made-up stories. Peter says in 1 Peter that there are accounts of eyewitness of his glory. And we have eyewitness testimony of his, in, of his coming to earth of his incarnation. We have eyewitness testimony of the cross and his crucifixion. We have eyewitness testimony of the empty tomb and the resurrection. We have eyewitness testimony of the ascension of Jesus up into heaven. And here, at the end of Acts chapter 7, as Stephen stood at the very threshold of heaven and earth, We have eyewitness testimony of the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Brothers and sisters, we know that Jesus is at the right hand of God because Stephen witnessed it. He saw it. Listen, perhaps you've not thought about it this way before. Stephen is the first Christian martyr, and he's killed here not because of his sermon, but because of what he witnessed, the exaltation of Jesus Christ. The Jews who heard him yelled at the top of their lungs and covered their ears. They hoped to silence his testimony by killing him. Yet here it is in Acts chapter 7. We have an eyewitness of the exaltation of Jesus Christ. His name is Stephen. And by his testimony, we know that Jesus is exalted to the right hand of the God of glory. This is proof. And this text also teaches us why it's important to emphasize the exaltation of Jesus, why it's important to believe that, why it's important to know that, why it's important for Luke to include the eyewitness testimony of that fact. Because with the exaltation of Jesus, he's now at the right hand of God. Jesus is now in a position of great authority. And he has now arrived at the place where he rules as Lord of all. And with Jesus at the right hand of the Father, heaven is now open to all people. Literally, Stephen says, I see heaven standing open. You see, Stephen has pointed them away from the temple into Jesus. Away from the center of the kingdom of Israel and to the center of the kingdom of heaven. And there's, a, there's an open invitation to all people from every nation, and every tribe, and every tongue, to all who call on his name, to all who are weary and heavy laden, to come to the exalted Jesus Christ, who is now at the right hand of God. You see, with the arrival of Jesus to the right hand of the Father, heaven has been opened up to all. And this text shows us at least five important ways as to how heaven has been opened to all through the exaltation of Jesus to the right hand of the Father. First, the exalted Jesus is the one who gives access to the God of glory. In a way that's more immediate and heart-satisfying than a temple ever could, In this wonderful picture here, he's standing. He's not sitting at the right hand of the Father. He stands to welcome Stephen into the presence of the God of glory. You see, it's the exalted Jesus who's now at the right hand of the Father who gives access to the God of glory. Second, The exalted Jesus is the one who receives prayer. He's our mediator. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed to Jesus. Lord Jesus, verse 59, receive my spirit. Now that the exalted Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, we pray in his name. He receives our prayers. He's our mediator. Third, the exalted Jesus is the one who grants forgiveness of sins. On his knees, among the flying stones, Stephen cried out to Jesus, verse 60, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. It's the exalted Jesus who's now at the right hand of God who grants forgiveness of sins. Fourth, the exalted Jesus is the one who judges as the Son of Man. This is a great title. The Son of Man is a great title from the Old Testament, from Daniel. It's a fulfillment of a prophecy that's found there, and it's given to the one who will have the authority to judge. You know, in the case of Stephen the Jewish leaders have judged him guilty. But what we see here in the courts of heaven is that Jesus stands in support of him. We use that language. I'll say I stand in support of you. Or I'll say that I, I stood up for you to show you that I support you. And here the Son of Man, the judge of all, Stands in support of Stephen. And then fifth, the exalted Jesus is the one who pours out God's promised blessing to all people through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We learned about that in Acts chapter 2, verse 33, where Peter said, exalted to the right hand of God, Jesus, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit who he now pours out. He is the one who's poured that out at Pentecost and on all who will call on his name. Heaven is open to all. And it's the exalted Jesus at the right hand of God who pours out the promised Holy Spirit. And so... He's the one who gives access to the God of glory. He's the one who receives prayer. He's the one who grants forgiveness of sins. He's the one who judges as a son of man. And he's the one who pours out God's promised blessings from Genesis chapter 12 through the promised Holy Spirit. Heaven is open. The exalted Jesus is at the right hand of God. And Stephen witnessed it. He witnessed the exaltation of Jesus Christ. We have eyewitness testimony. And by quickly dragging him out of the city and stoning him to death, they had hoped to silence his testimony. They had hoped to put an end to his witness. And it may have just worked, if not for chapter 8 and verse 1. And Saul... Was there. It just might have worked. Stephen needed to be taken off into some witness protection program. Because they were after him now. He had witnessed something they didn't want him to see. And they hoped by killing him, that put an end to it. And they thought it had. And Saul was there. Now, he was there giving approval to his death. However, he heard Stephen's eyewitness testimony of the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And though... It did not affect immediate change. A seed was planted that would take root when the exalted Jesus himself would meet Saul on the road to Damascus. Stephen died a martyr because of what he witnessed. Look, I see heaven opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. We have his eyewitness testimony. Just like Saul that day, we now have heard it. This morning, just as an invitation, I'd like to say to you one more time that heaven is open. Amen? It's open. The hot sign is on. Jesus is now at the right hand of God. So come to him. Come to the exalted Jesus Christ today. Repent, be baptized into his name, because he is the one who has been given the authority to forgive our sins. And he is the one whom the Father has given the promised Holy Spirit to, to bless all who call on his name. This morning, won't you come as we stand together and sing?